Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can learn how to best prepare themselves for the future of work. Each episode features an interview with an Ismaili at the leading edge of their field and is available in a podcast format and on The Ismaili TV. Welcome to Careers of the Future, a show where students can hear directly from Ismaili leaders of their fields and try to get some tips on how to get advanced in their careers as well. Uh, my name is Natasha Khaza and I am a team member of the Ismaili's youth team. And today we will be talking about fintech with a very special guest, Ayaz Mita. Um, Ayaz is a fintech and digital financial services expert and entrepreneur. And he is also a senior advisor in the UN Secretary's General Task Force for Digital Finance. Ayaz, thank you so much for being with us. Yali Benet Natasha, thank you very much for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Okay, I feel that there are a lot of students that would love to take a peek at your brain. Your resume is quite impressive. So first of all, could you explain to us what exactly fintech is? Thank you, Natasha. Very um, interesting question, in fact. But I will try to provide a very simple response to this. FinTech is basically the combination of finance and technology. So it's really about the use of technology in every single area of finance from, from very traditional sort of banking systems to much more advanced uh, mobile-based applications that we see today. Uh, all the apps that you are using for mobile banking, but also a whole range of other applications that really use digital technologies for the delivery of financial services. And we usually package all of these technologies under one name, which is FinTech. Thank you so much. That's actually quite interesting. Uh, it's probably a very recent field. So how do you feel FinTech has impacted the world? So listen, fintech has really changed a lot. Um, at the beginning of fintech, it was really more about sort of financial service automation, financial service improvement, financial service customization in a sense to really provide better services to customers and try to retain customers in, in the financial sector. Uh, but now I think fintech is really emerging as a new force for good in, in the world in the sense that more and more entrepreneurs particularly from the latest generations are realizing the potential that fintech really has to impact many aspects of our world today from enabling uh, pay-as-you-go models, rent-to-own models that unlock access to capital-intensive utilities and services in emerging markets, to actually enabling um, circular economy models and sharing economy models, which really facilitate the sharing and optimize the use of resources. So in many ways, FinTech is being more and more harnessed to actually create efficiencies, to reduce waste in some ways, and to help us really invest in a better future and in a better world. And that's very much connected to the kind of work I'm doing with the UN at the moment. But this is sort of really the new direction that fintech is taking, which is fintech for good. Very impressive. So we can see that fintech is actually quite present in our lives, I must say. And there's people that don't know anything about it. I know that uh, fintech must be used a lot right now, especially now that of this pandemic context, how do you feel the pandemic has changed the field in itself? 
So obviously, the, the pandemic has changed a lot of things, um, and the use of digital has really accelerated during the pandemic. As you must have seen for yourself, we do all these Zoom interviews and all these Zoom videos, but also students are actually taking classes online. Hundreds of millions of people that were in lockdown have used e-commerce services to order household essentials and, and basic things and products that they needed at home. Uh, trillions of uh, dollars of cash of economic uh, aid and subsidies have been distributed using digital finance and fintech rails, particularly in developing economies from Bangladesh to the heartland of America. And in many ways, fintech has started really playing a key role from enabling remote payments to enabling remote consumption of goods and services to, to many other things that we use from ride hailing services, and I'm not going to cite names of com companies, but we all know them, to other basic services that we actually use on a day-to-day -day basis and that require some sort of fintech applications. So I would say the pandemic in many ways has accelerated the adoption and the use of fintech, and even more so in developing economies. If you look at examples, for instance, in, in Uganda, there's fintech platforms that allow for crowdsourcing of financing for fast-growing SMEs that are in need for capital and for funding. Or in Bangladesh now, tens of millions of individuals are able to use mobile payments and fintech to actually invest their savings in the kind of infrastructure that they want to see for their future, whether it be uh, bridges, hospitals, schools. And so there's many dimensions to it. And you see many aspects of implementations of fintech from around the world that really show you the magnitude uh, of its adoption by people. And again, I'm insisting a lot in developing economies because in developing economies, the possibility and the potential to leapfrog towards sustainable development using fintech is actually highest. So I would say fintech in, in our more advanced sort of Northern European and Northern American countries is more of a convenience, but really in a lot of developing economies, it's actually um, providing a, a new potential to really leapfrog towards sustainable development. And the recent crisis that we are still in the midst of has only amplified this. I can see that the field itself is very holistic. I mean, it, it definitely creates a passion where you can use fintech for development of society, for instance, and we can actually make it better. And I never actually saw it that way. So I know that with all of this, you said that fintech is ever growing and it's growing fast, especially with the pandemic. And I'm sure it's not going anywhere in the near future. So I know it is a safe bet for many of us students to pursue. But I wanted to ask you, why did you pursue it? What inspired you to go through this route? Well, in my case, uh, Natasha, it was totally... Uh coincidental, or maybe there's there's no coincidences in life, but I think it was back in 95 when I was studying in Montreal. Uh, I was actually helping a few Afghan refugees who were settling in Montreal with different sorts of classes in French, in English, in math. And there was one particular student um, that I really connected very well with who was from Afghanistan. And he was telling me about his desire and his dream to go back to his country to help rebuild. Um, and after spending one year with him in, in close proximity, supporting him, mentoring him, I promised to myself that I would also one day go to Afghanistan if I got a chance to go and support and contribute. And that happened in 2006 
when I decided to join Roshan, which is a mobile operator and it's an AKDN or an Akfed uh, company rather in Afghanistan based out of Kabul. And one of the first projects that I directed there was a fintech project. It was a project about mobile payments, about facilitating mass distribution and mass dispersion of government payrolls uh, to police officers, militaries, and government employees at large. And that's sort of what really got me to get into the fintech space in a developing economy. Afghanistan was even more of, a, of an economy that was sort of in its phase of reconstruction and rebuilding, really. And that really got me involved in, in much more fintech work in developing economies and emerging markets, as I realized the potential it had to actually uh, enable sustainable development and, and build a better life for, for all the citizens of, of these countries. And that's really what got me in that field and in that space. Thank you very much for such a personal and moving story as well. I mean, I hope that all the ones that are watching right now can get as inspired as I am right now by your story. And I would like to ask you, to be a man as successful as you are in fintech, you need a drive and you need some sort of inspiration. So I wanted to ask you if anything, a story about your childhood, maybe not just your origin story, just like what happened in FinTech, but that keeps you going. A value that you were taught maybe by your parents or your grandparents that you feel is important for us young people to have. This is a, a really interesting question. And uh, I think I would need to reflect a little, a little bit more before I can articulate sort of a, an intelligent answer to this. But I would say my natural spontaneous response would be, first of all, as, as an Ismaili, I've grown up in, in a family that was very much concerned with helping people around and being of service to society. And I think one of our core values that we have in our faith, that's also been uh, so many times re-emphasized by, by our imam, is how can we help and serve society and how can we use the knowledge that we have to really help others to build a better life for themselves. And so in many ways, in my area of field, which is sort of my specialization, uh, which is really in fintech, as I was saying, I've seen the potential in many different ways to impact people's lives. When you see that people in Kenya or in Uganda are now able to access clean energy at home because of the use of FinTech and because FinTech allows for fractional payments and fractional uh, consumption, uh, almost micro consumption of uh, pay-as-you-go clean energy, for instance, because now you can afford to have a portable solar home system because you're only paying in very small installments that completely changes your life because you don't have to breathe toxic gas anymore at home from cold you don't have to uh be deprived of light at night and and your kids can study longer hours because now they have light at home etc and so when you see all these potential benefits and the way fintech is really changing people's lives in many ways that gets you inspired and that one that sort of you know inspires you to do more and and you want to be able to do more and achieve more in in more countries but yeah so i'm only one person so i do what i can at my own level but i think it's really the fact that you're able on the ground to witness change and impact. And in many of the projects I've been working on, uh, that's been sort of my main source of motivation to really see the change and the transformation on the ground in people's lives and see how they were before and how they're after. And really seeing this 
is a powerful source of um, energy and motivation to keep going. Thank you very much. It is definitely a very reflected upon answer. And I feel that our viewers will appreciate it very much. Your view of fintech itself, it's definitely a lot more complex than I thought. What would you say are skills that you employ every day in this field if we were looking to start out in it? So thanks very much, Natasha, for this question. I think really what you need is curiosity and willingness to learn because the field is really changing very rapidly. Uh, technological revolutions used to be very long and it used to be long cycles. When you look at sort of the creation and the invention of the steam engine in, in the 17th century and its later applications, it took almost two to 300 years to really exploit what could be achieved with steam technologies. Whereas if you look at digital now and FinTech, it's been only 10 years Pretty much. I'm not sure about the exact dates, but probably 10 years that Facebook was launched and already you have all these new innovations on social media, ride hailing services and all sorts of new things. And now we are talking about blockchain and distributor ledger technologies. And so the point I'm trying to make is the cycle and the pace of innovation used to be much slower and much longer. But now we are in much shortened cycles and shortened phases, and we need to learn and keep relearning and re-educating ourselves all the time. And if you look at the latest developments in blockchain, for example, you see a whole breadth of innovation in uh, natural capital-backed um, digital tokens from Cedar coin to carbon coin that allows individuals to participate in climate adaptation and mitigation and participate and contribute financially to reforestation efforts and other things that really matter to us in terms of our, of our environment and in terms of biodiversity conservation. These are all very new, very recent things that have just happened in the last couple of years. And so really it's changing very quickly. So I would say curiosity and willingness and ability to learn and to relearn and relearn all the time is going to be super important. And maybe the second piece, uh, if I may, uh, would be on, on understanding yourself and really understanding what you're good at. Because again, FinTech, as you mentioned before, is a very broad area. There's many areas you can get involved in this. You can be a very techy person and you want to be coding and you want to be working on artificial intelligence and algorithms and you know automated decision making processes. But you can also be more of a marketing person involved in fintech and you do the marketing piece of it. Or you could be more of a, uh, of a salesperson or you could be more of a product design person that really worries about or is interested in how users and consumers are going to be using the product and benefiting from it. And I think understanding yourself really well to know what is your angle at fintech and where is your contribution going to be the most impactful is going to be really important. It seems to me that intellectual curiosity and adaptability are definitely major skills to have if we want to be successful in this field. But of course, not all fields are just filled with opportunity and the good things. So I wanted to ask you, can you tell us a story about any sort of adversity that you've encountered while you were working in fintech? And what did you do to overcome it? Well, in my case, this is going to be in very specific context, because as I was mentioning before, I have been really focusing on fintech in developing economies mostly. So I'm not so much into all the new craze around 
you know, digital banking and AI and all these sort of cool applications in more advanced economies. I'm really working more on the use of fintech in developing markets in how it can actually enhance the quality of life of the people. And in those contexts, of course, you face a lot of adversities. You face lack of infrastructure. You face lack of financial support. You face, to a certain extent, some level of, of financial illiteracy or digital illiteracy uh, because for people to benefit from fintech, they first have to be able to use those technologies and understand them and understand how to access financial services and new innovative products and services through them without that sort of uh, being turned into a detrimental uh, or pro producing a detrimental outcome in a sense. And I think that that aspect of capacity building, of financial uh, literacy and digital literacy building has been a, a significant challenge in many environments. And it takes you, um, it takes different kind of approaches working with different stakeholders, different partners, using some of the latest methodologies in terms of um, education, capacity building, et cetera, to be able to overcome. But I would say in, in my particular context, these have been the challenges that I have been mostly dealing with. So it's not just so much about designing the things that are going to help make people's life better, but it's also about really equipping uh, people in a way that, that they can meaningfully use these tools and benefit from them. So I see that in the face of adversity, I feel like education is a very common theme towards overcoming it. And I would like to ask you, for any student wanting to join this field, do you have any top or secret tips that you would like to share? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a tricky question. I don't know if you have any secrets to share, but I think, um, as I was saying before, one is you need to really find what's your what's your space and and what you're good at i think that's very very important and that will allow you to find the entry uh pathway into that space and i think the second one is uh don't and, and that's really very much of a personal response uh don't over calculate or don't over plan planning is important and strategizing and you know defining sort of what's your career path is important but sometimes listening to yourself and listening to opportunities and having trust uh, and faith somehow that life is going to take you where you need to be uh, really helps as well. You know, I never planned uh, or I had mentioned that I wanted to go to Afghanistan, as I said before. I never really planned it sort of in a very uh, meticulous or systematic way. It just happened at the right time in the right place. And then things sort of... Uh, uh, ensued, ensued in a sense from, from that. So I would say, you know, keep a little bit of spontaneity, keep a little bit of uh, listening and, and um, let sort of the surroundings and the world around you also speak to you and, and guide you as to, as to what your next steps should be. But again, know yourself, know your skills and uh, look at the opportunities around and really find sort of the sweet spot the place where you feel you can make a difference, the place where you think you can really personally contribute and add something, and then just sort of uh, follow that path. Follow that path and it will take you and lead you to somewhere interesting without you necessarily having to worry about what the next step after that and what the next subsequent steps are going to be. But just sort of let yourself be, uh, you know, there's a very nice quote by Rumi, I think that says, let yourself be pulled by what you really love. And I would say that's probably one of the best secrets I can share today. 
I understand that the value of spontaneity and going with the flow and going where our heart takes us is very important. But if we were to plan our career paths, now that I understand that it's an ever-growing field and it's probably filled with competition right now, what would you tell to a student that is trying to crack into this field and what would they need to study? What skills would they need to have? How could they get networking? Yeah, so um, of course I was not saying don't plan at all. Uh, I'm trying to say don't over plan or don't overthink it. Of course you need to do a little bit of planning. And by planning, I mean, first of all, really understanding what are the topics of the future? What are the new technologies? I mentioned a bit earlier, blockchain, distributed ledger technologies. I'm sure everybody has heard about blockchain, even, even at a high level. These are sort of the new technologies and the new advancements that are going to completely transform the world of finance and the way we as individuals, not just collectively, but really as individuals, exchange value and trade and also invest in, in what is uh, important to us in the future. Because at the end of the day, the entire pool of financial resources is people's money. It's our individual money, whether it's intermediated by your bank or by uh, another third party uh, public or private sector provider. In the end, it's our money. And so these are sort of the type of technologies that are really going to change and shape the future. So I would say, first of all, get involved in something that has potential and that will shape the world of tomorrow, in a sense. And some of these developments are in the blockchain space. Some of these developments are in the artificial intelligence space. Some of these developments, of course, are in digital banking. So we know all these different fields, which are the things that we hear around us, we hear about, sorry, around us all the time. And so first of all, pick these areas where you have some interest and there are the promising areas that will be tomorrow's um, major paradigms in a sense. So that's, that's one thing. And then the second thing is start identifying within the community, but also within your broader networks, people who are in that space, who are working in these fields that can provide you with some guidance, with some insights that can tell you about what their day-to-day -day job looks like so that you get a good sense of whether this is the kind of thing you'd be interested in. And obviously then you need to start beyond this sort of uh, closer circle, you need to start networking with the type of companies that you would like to work with. And you know, there's multiple ways of doing this. You could go to specific uh, events and conferences as an auditor. You could go online and on, on platforms, on, on networking platforms and professional platforms, look for people who work in different companies and see what connections you might have in common to try to really get a sense of whether this is the kind of field you're interested in, this is the kind of area you want to be involved in. And just within the community itself, you would be surprised how many people are actually working in fintech and just reaching out to those people within the community is already going to give you a really good sense of what these emerging fields are and and what the uh, what what work looks like in these spaces and will help you really make those decisions i would say yes do try to identify the topics to summarize to try to identify people from within your circles and within the extended community. And we are a global community that work in different fintech areas. And also try then to look at a second tier of contacts within companies you might be interested in to start reaching out and, and finding some sort of guidance. I don't want to say career guidance, not so formal, but some sort of guidance in terms of 
you know what this company uh, can offer you what what the values of these companies are which fields they're getting involved in again this is an extremely dynamic fast moving area and it's really important to keep abreast of what's going on and talk to the pe people who are involved in the field and then i would say read some specialized um newspapers or specialized uh papers online or, or websites there's plenty on fintech and you can subscribe to a few just to get a sense of what's happening and where the space is moving in which direction it's actually evolving so that you keep being updated about what's happening and you can better figure out where you fit um, so i would say th this seemed to be very common sense i don't have sort of a secret recipe but yes, one needs to think about these steps and needs to start engaging at those different levels to try to figure out what's the best uh, track to, to pursue. So for any student entering this field, they're going to be looking at the future. And we would like to know what kind of areas should we bet on? Maybe what is going to be the biggest? What do you see the future of fintech being? So this is actually a very... Uh, complex question and I, I hope I wish I had a crystal ball to uh, to answer you but I think there, there's a few trends that we are starting to see um, the first trend I would like to mention is obviously the big platforms uh, and you've hear you've heard about all of the uh, discussions going on right now in the in the US and in other jurisdictions around privacy data market monopolies etc the big platforms are becoming more and more important globally and they start expanding in different jurisdictions so obviously for someone who wants to work with one of these larger platforms from e-commerce from social media from payments there will be ample opportunities i think the other important trend that we are starting to see is that there's a huge acceleration in the development of fintech in emerging markets and again i, I would really encourage students to look at the developing economies and emerging market opportunities. And I think there's also a lot of internship opportunities. So while you're a student, if you're still trying to find your way or understand where you want to be involved, look for an internship. Try to find an internship with one of these companies, whether consulting or actually a fintech in the field, in different countries, lots of opportunities in Africa, there's lots of opportunities in Asia, all these fintechs are growing very, very quickly and recruiting people. So I would say there's 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 no shortage of opportunities to actually go and spend a month, two months, uh, a quarter on the ground, experimenting, testing and learning to really figure out what kind of job you're comfortable with. And that's one area that's important. And I would say the third trend that I think is going to be uh, a new wave of, of transformation, if you would like, is the blockchain wave. I think we are still sort of in the very early years of blockchain. Uh, we've seen applications of the blockchain in supply chain management and tracking. We've seen applications of the blockchain in uh, finance uh, and interbank settlements and many other areas. I think this is just the beginning. And as I was saying before, in, in many ways, this is a technology that's sort of shifting the power back to citizens for citizens to act with their finances to shape the world that they want. And there will be more and more innovation happening in that space. I see on a regular basis more and more entrepreneurs starting new businesses and new companies in that space that are very much development focused, that are very much focused on climate action and climate adaptation and mitigation, that are focused on biodiversity conservation. Just to give you an example, there's a few researchers in Japan who've recently tokenized 
And again, it's a technical word, but tokenized a whale. Um, so it's basically sort of uh, defining, um, converting the whale into digital assets sitting on a blockchain. I don't want to get too technical, but as a mechanism to allow people who are interested in protecting whales and conservation efforts uh, around whales to actually direct their finances by buying a small token, which is a portion of the conservation effort that you're going to be financing to actually protect whales. And so in many ways, the, this, these developments around the blockchain are really changing the way we see uh, the natural capital asset market and the way we are going to be financing a sustainable future. And this is an area that's extremely exciting, extremely promising, very inspiring. And so we see this new wave of entrepreneurship that's really socially focused and development focused. And so my, my key recommendation, if you would like, or my key message would be, these are some of the big trends. Don't hesitate to take internships, to try, to experiment on the ground, what it means, but also don't, don't be too hesitant to try and build your own company and to try to build your own venture. Yes, there's exciting jobs with large global platforms in fintech, but there's also really exciting things to build from the ground up that are going to really help in building a sustainable future. And you see a lot of entrepreneurs and fintech entrepreneurs that build new companies to actually help address those challenges uh, in the same fashion as, a, as I was describing blockchain for conservation efforts. There's a lot of companies that are being built in the fintech space to tackle the challenges of tomorrow on climate, on biodiversity. And these are extremely impactful and inspiring fields. And I would really also encourage our students to think not just about finding a good job, but maybe building uh, a successful company that's going to create a better world. And I think the opportunity is there right now to do that type of, uh, to do that type, to, to engage in that type of creation of a new company. And there's a lot of funding available and maybe the, the timing is perfect to also engage in the entrepreneurship field. Thank you, Ayas, for all the input and the invaluable advice. I think we all saw today fintech for good and new areas of expertise that we could focus on in our futures as well. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It was an honor having you on the show. Thank you so much to all of those who are watching and stay tuned for more updates and for more careers of the future. Yali with us. Thanks for listening to Careers of the Future. For more episodes of Careers of the Future, visit the.ismiley or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform.